Come back to my phone. Got a gypsy soul. I'm a rebel and rogue, and I'm always on the run. With a fire, I ain't ever gonna die. Huh, Cause I gotta pay more attention. <laughs> that's that's across the board too. It's all your fault. One thing I learned is you could watch it all burn, but the flame ain't ever done. Never Oh yeah. It's perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is something right there. That, that came up on my uh, suggested music for you thing. Yeah. And I was like, all right. I'm going, Some, suggested music for me? No, on, on my oh, Spotify. Oh, oh, for you. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. So I fired it up and listened to it. And I'm like, what the heck? Who's this guy? This is something. And there's here. Corey Marks and Ivan Moody and Travis Tritt. Great Travis Tritt. And <laughs> it came up as a video. Huh? And then I, and that's what you sent me that I clearly never clicked <laughs> the link on because I mean, yeah, what I, yeah, there's a video for it on YouTube, and, huh. it, and okay. it just kind of them in the in studio, but right, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I can tell you, there's gonna be some sprint cars put to that music for sure. <laughs> cool, you think? No, that is something. What uh, what's going on today? What are we? Uh, you got me all the way here. We said we're, I had I had a whole agenda in mind of what stuff we could talk to, and then you said, "Oh no, you got to figure it out." So what's? Well, I got a little bit of something that we can talk about. Okay. Because I was on the phone with Ron last night. Oh boy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> Please hold. And I just happened to be sitting here in Technology Corner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, when he, did when he, he know that you were recording him? That's yes. The okay. <laughs> well, I, at what point did he know you were recording him? Um, before he made the phone call. Okay. Okay. And, so, uh, and how many edits were required after one. this conversation? Okay, just one. Just one. And will I be able to tell where? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll, we'll all enjoy it together then. You're, I'm assuming you're going to play it for us, right? <laughs> well, I'm not going to play the edited part, but there is oh. there is an edited part that I took out of it. Okay. That is of very big interest to the wing renegade nation. So we're not releasing that today? Like we are going to be releasing that. Oh, Okay. So it is part of this podcast. Okay. Hey, perfect. So I'll <laughs> I'll learn it too, I guess. So it's a I bet it, I, it's I a bet, rules change. I bet I can guess what it has to do with. It's a rules change for their for their winged renegades. And if you guys are really really curious, I'll be really nice. And we'll play that segment of the phone call if you want me to. Yeah. Yeah, lay it on us, brother. All right. Here we go. What are we talking about again? I don't remember. Were we supposed to be specifically be talking about something? We were kind of having a little bit of a BS session that was headed towards the CT525 dyno session. Oh. Because I haven't had a chance. Oh. I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it uh, since we talked to David. And yeah, I, I do. I, I, I wanted do to see. You know. I'm just kind of basically checking up and seeing if there's any new developments or anything that you guys have come up with yeah. based on that dyno yeah. session. I know there were some things that were yeah. concerning David, and the CT525 yep. makes a lot of torque at the bottom end of the range. Yeah, you know, that was, what, month, month and a half ago, and I have yeah. problems he, with He doesn't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying to lead him at all, was I? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Ron's <laughs> uh, you know, uh, getting up there in age. You don't even remember what you're talking about now. Yeah, well, he was he was trying to put two and two together and kept coming up with three and a half. Right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That hey, but I'll try and reach back in the back back of my pea brain and uh, remember. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go even farther back. You know, four years ago, Randy, I could see that our our three hundred and sixty wing program was dying, 
And so I was, I was searching for anything I could get out there that might help save the program. Yeah. And so during the PRI show, I headed down to uh, Indianapolis for the PRI show because I heard this, this engine called the CT525 was going to be on okay, display okay. there. Okay, okay, time out, time out, time out. Now, first contention I have, I have begged this guy to go to the PRI show with me for like two consecutive years now. And it's, oh, no, I'm a Christmas tree farmer. I can't go that time of the year. <laughs> so that's so, Mr. Bernhagen, we're going to have a little discussion about that. I would love to go to the PRI show and walk around and rub elbows, hashtag promoter money with everybody <laughs> and uh, and learn this stuff. But nope, nope. Christmas tree farming comes first. So well, I tell you what, <laughs> there's there's next year and. I'll go. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bernhagen, you're off the list. <laughs> Peggy and uh, and Randy and I are going. Yeah, we'll we'll go Sands Ron since he goes on all these other vacations and <laughs> spends all that promoter money. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Continue now. My contention's over. <laughs> that was going to have it on display there a couple of weeks beforehand, and he says we are specifically making this to run against the 360s out there because nobody can afford to keep the 360s on the track anymore. Um, 376 cubic inches on a four barrel carburetor, you know, aluminum heads, aluminum, uh, block, pro, you know, they could make it up to 600, 625 horsepower, which wasn't going to be that far off from, uh, where the three sixties are. And the price was 17 grand plug and play, basically ready to go into your car. So I made the trip down there and I was pretty excited about it. And we did get three teams to jump on board to buy that. You know, Jeff Pellersells, um, uh, Harry Hansen, and Carter Chevalier. Uh, they tried to help us save the 360 program by getting these CT525s. Uh, the unfortunate thing we, we ended up uh, having happen to us is, you know, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Right. And we put this engine into Chris Graff's car, and they learned something that weekend. Uh, we basically blew the engine up, uh, and it was because of the, yeah, because of the power steering, something to do with his power steering. And so our first impression wasn't good. Uh, our second impression wasn't good, and we would which is get- that's peculiar because the first five twenty five I ever saw up here um, was in a late model. Uh, a good friend, and that one let go as well, which would turned out to be some kind of a ignition uh, box foul up of some kind or whatever is what GM pinned it on. And of course, you don't get your money back or anything like that, <laughs> you know, which I'm assuming is the case here. Um, you know, I had one other point that from what he was saying, I was going to interrupt just before he, but then I got distracted by that. Um, oh, I I know what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so this is this is gonna be a riveting podcast here. <laughs> just a lot of like, uh. anyway, um, it just shows you, uh, you know, Ron's come a long way. I mean, we've all come a long way, but uh, you know, right there, the seventeen grand, right? Yep. That's how far gone this all this stuff has gone. When you say, "Oh, seventeen, well, that's pretty good." Like seventeen grand. <laughs> Who are these people? I mean, not fast take promoter money there. You know, <laughs> I mean, but that when in comparison to what's here. Um, you know, 17 and that's, and that's the perspective. And that's actually one of the things I was going to bring in today was, was that, you know, how do you change that mindset? So people realize the whole, that's ridiculous. I mean, four grand is a lot of money, Yeah, you know, $4,000 is a lot of money. And, you know, especially teaching a, an 11 year old boy, my son, uh, about the value of a dollar, um, and you know, I pay him five bucks an hour to come, you know, work at Keller fence. I mean, he's my son, so it's legal. Uh, <laughs> it's child labor. <laughs> yeah, family. Anyway, so, so, but, you know, so when we buy something, we look at it and say, well, how many hours you got to work for that? You know what I mean? Like, just to register for him to race, uh, you know, racing snowmobiles. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's 20 bucks a class or whatever. And it's like, I mean, dude, you got to work four hours just to, just to pay for this two-minute race, you know, um, trying to keep... Uh, you know, keep that in mind. So, I mean, it just, I guess the, the point of all that was that, I mean, $17,000, I'd have had the paddles out and would have been trying to, <laughs> trying to restart my heart. I would have no, 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 wait, no, wait, no. How much you pay for your late model motor? Uh, I didn't pay anything for my late model motor. 
or any of them because I was fortunate to have a guy that was uh, was was the guy. But my the last two late model engines we had were eighteen thousand and twenty five thousand consecutive. Those were Wazota motors. Those were just local motors. And the the two open motors that we had gone through were thirty plus each. And yeah. uh, I mean. And like I said, I mean, these were all, even then, these were numbers that were inconceivable to me. There's no way that I could have done any of that. Um, you know, the all of the late model racing I couldn't have done alone. And when I tried to do it alone towards the end, with the, still the help of the engine guy, um, you know, just the cost of the car alone was you scary. Know. Uh, you know, I've told you the story a hundred times. He <laughs> paid 25 grand for the car and 6,000 for the shocks. I sold the whole thing for five grand with the shocks. Yeah. So, and a new red, beautiful red body that he the quarter panel on before she left I, my poor girl i was, I was <laughs> anyway back to the interview before i waste any more of your time get into that but we still had three people that jumped on board to try and do this to help save the the series and in the end we couldn't do it so we had three we had three teams here that had the ct525 and we came up with a new set of rules for our wing program and we tried to make the ct525 fit into it and so we allowed uh, two teams, uh, Harry and Carter, to have the CT525 this past year um, with the help of uh, Don in Ohio, we put a restrictor under it, and um, it was pretty easy to see that the CT525 had an advantage on the track, and when we went to the dyno back in January, because we didn't get to it before the season started, um, we kind of did this in arrears, and it was a little bit backwards, but... Uh, when we brought it to the um, dyno back in January, we found out that they did indeed have a little bit of a, an advantage uh, on the torque, not on the horsepower, but on the torque this past year. And again, you could see that on the racetrack. And so, you know, again, this is 376 horse uh, cubic inch. Um, it was a hard time with numbers. It's aluminum block. It's <laughs> aluminum heads. And you're right. It has got a lot of torque. And so on the dyno, we played with it. We put some restrictors on it, and we did some other things to try and get it uh, to the point where we could blend it in with our current wing rules. And we thought we think we got there, uh, but again, the torque is so they got they've got an advantage with the torque. There, there's just no two ways about it. And you and you said it um, that 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 engine makes a lot of torque, and so and, you and, know and, and that's. Go ahead. And un unfortunately, where that torque is in the band, there's no way to kill it anymore. There isn't. And and you could see Harry was pulling a two to three car lengths coming out of turn two and coming out of turn four. You know, that's not all engine. You know, a lot of that has to do with Harry and his equipment. Harry's a great driver. But you're right. We, we cannot kill it uh, completely. We could get it close. And the other thing we're dealing with, Randy... <clears throat> and this is a big deal in racing right now, and this is why racing is hurting so bad right now. The perception is, if we allow, if we you know were to go ahead and allow this engine, because officially it's not allowed yet, we just let it. We tested it this past year. The perception of that engine is walking all over the place. Somebody goes out, Harry or Carter, and wins three, four, five uh, features in a row, which Harry actually did last year. Yeah. The teams are going to think they need that to win in the series, and the series is going to die. And so after talking extensively with Kaylee and with David and actually with uh, uh, Carter and his dad, uh, not so much with, with Harry because Harry already put a different engine in his uh, car for this coming year, we have decided that, uh, we got a good thing going here with what we got, and we've decided not to allow the CT525 going forward. Can you play like the um, hooray music? So just to clar it, just it, to clarify that the <laughs> CT525 isn't allowed in the wing class anymore. It, yeah, it, it, you know we got it, rid of it. At, I'm it, sorry. It, go ahead. <laughs> it wasn't allowed in the traditionals at all last year, or no, ever again. That is correct. Not at all. But now moving forward for the 2020 season, the CT525 is not allowed in the wing program. That's correct. Okay. That is correct. Um, you know, it's a great engine, and we did some cost analysis on it. In fact, we had the help of uh, the National Sprint Car Council helped us do a cost analysis on it. Right. And if, yeah, it's the most expensive engine to buy up front, but this thing is going to last, you know, fill in the blank. We don't even know how long it's going to last. 
um, it was just as cost effective as, as the engines out there that we're allowing right now. But again, it's that perception. And, you know, we, we gear ourselves towards the average person. The average person cannot afford a $17,000 engine. They just no. can't. Me either. Wait, you're pushing buttons. What's happening? <laughs> Are we still we still on? Yeah, we're oh, still oh, on. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good yeah. Lord. I, I didn't know. I, I'm over here doing something else. Relax. Lots, of, lots of buttons going on. Um, so <laughs> I, was, I was looking for uh, this button. A couple. Of, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's on a whole different pad right, set. Right. So, so yeah. A um, couple of quick things uh, to kind of add to what Ron had, had said there. Um, one, you know, I absolutely agree that Harry pulling people off the corner by two car lengths um, has a lot to do with Harry yeah. and being a driver. Um, but I do disagree that it has to do with his equipment. Um, I think he ha- he does have phenomenal equipment. He's got the best stuff you can buy. There's no question about that. Right. I don't think it makes a difference. Um, I've, I've seen guys with way lesser equipment, you know, run just as good or better than Harry. You know, it just yeah. depends on the setup and the driver. So, so that's, and, and Ron, I don't think he wasn't, his emphasis wasn't on that, but just right. so we're clear. Um, cause I, I felt a little shooting pain when I heard that. Cause I thought, no, no, that has, it's not the, not that equipment you do. If that was, you know, it's the same with that perception. If the perception was you had to go buy brand new equipment to run with Harry. Well, then again, we'd start our descent towards everything else that exists right now. So that right. is not the case, but that's exactly, you know, when that same vein with the 525, um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it, it's nice be nice to have the plug and play motor whatever but you know it's unrealistic for the initial cost um yeah we had a had a really nice spreadsheet um that showed us you know the cost over time and per lap and whatever um you know i'm a five three guy so i'm biased Um, (laughs) but you know i the numbers that that were used for the five three were numbers if you went and bought the five three um in its format you know pace or wherever right and right. those numbers are astronomical in comparison to what you can do it yourself or have somebody locally do it for you. So right. um, the guys, I mean, there's a new Facebook page, LS Sprint Cars, I think it's called. Yep. And, um, you know, you can go on there and see these guys are really innovative and you'll learn everything you need to know on how to how to put a motor together and who to talk to and uh, or who can put a motor together for you. But, I mean, you know. And we, we've got a couple of great engine builders in the series Yes. In between the two series. Yes. Well, and one of them came about uh, through trying to figure out the 525. You know, a couple of years ago, we uh, we tried when, when they were running the 525 in the wingless car. Um, you know, we were going to put them on the dyno and see, and we weren't able to make that work out. But the, the good part about that was uh, the relationship that came with our, our dyno guy here in Evola. Yeah. Er- know, Eric with, with, Anderson, with a perfect Anderson. performance. Yeah. it's uh, And he's my current. I'm, I'm not afraid now. to throw him a plug. No, no, I, I wasn't trying to avoid his name. I, I, I don't, I don't care. Uh, Eric, Eric does a good job putting together five threes. He's going to be racing with us this year. Yeah, and and uh, uh, and I've steered a lot of guys to him because um, he is my he's my engine builder now. I mean he, and last year at the beginning of the year when when my motor blew up after thirty five pulls on the dyno and three seasons before that, um, <laughs> trying to figure out this four barrel deal and uh, and versus the two barrel for the wing program, um, you know he had me back on track in a week with a junkyard motor that we won some races with. So, yeah. um, you know, and that, again, just to speak to the five, three and, you know, not just Eric's skill, but the platform itself is really good. So, um, the five, the five twenty five, um, I hated it for Carter because I mean, I hated it so much, honestly, for Carter because they had invested that and now that motor, I mean, it's, it's a saleable product that either yeah. sit on it, but, uh, he's actually, we're putting my spare motor in his car and, um, you know, we'll probably share driving duties occasionally, uh, but most of the time Carter will be piloting that car to keep them keep them in the series and uh, um, give them some breathing space to find another option. You know, and right. and and to help you know uh, prove the five three. You know, I think Mark Mark loved the five twenty five because in his mind it represented brand new parts and you know this reliable motor. Right. Um, right, right. And it's so hard to to. Uh, get guys to understand um that for what we're what we're putting these motors through um that five three can it can take it you know it it, it really can and uh well yeah. and now dj vadness has got onto something with midwest motor works and 
not using the early style rotating assembly. Yeah, there's, he, he's he's come up a little more modern on it, a, a little a little bit more of the late model series right. of the LSs because they've got a heavier uh, piston rod. Oh, the, yeah. The, well, the, the rods are like forty grams heavier, so they're bigger and they'll take more. Take a little more, abuse. and they'll they'll handle eight thousand RPM. He claims. Right. Well, and that's uh, you know the the five threes that we've seen failed have literally been tortured to death. I mean, there's yeah. no there is no motor on the planet that could survive what those motors have gone through. So yeah, and I you're mean, an RPM junkie too. So <laughs> I'm really I'm not actually not as not as much as uh, like Rick Combs is the guy that I mean he is. He is demented. He tortures them five threes, man. <laughs> he just he gets every last ounce out of them. I don't like to hear him sing quite that quite as hard as he does, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't like to be easy on them. I don't like to let it breathe. I like to keep my foot on the floor, and uh, um, you know it's like I said. I for the for the dollars that are into it, you won't find a better, more reliable piece. So right, um, and it's and it's equal with all the other stuff that's that's out there that's available, you know, and that's been proven now on the dyno. So yeah, and DJ's. Under five grand with his, yeah, yeah. No, I got I got one with expensive pistons in it for uh, for the wing car, um, and yeah, it doesn't. Uh, what the what the heck? I was forty forty two hundred. Yeah, I think you know, and that's that's dynoed and ready to go race. So, no, have you been have you been keeping up with all of these dyno tests? Uh, have you seen the difference between the, I, the so, ja- January five three and the February five three? No, I did not. I I heard about it, or I read a little bit about it. So within three percent, which is, I mean, and that's you know more expensive motor versus a, a more economy. Uh, motor. I call it standard duty. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, DJ's so, motor made five less horsepower and seven less torque. Well, and you know the bottom line, and again, it's all perception. Perception is reality. I'm not trying to change that, but. Um, you know, with the wingless cars, you know, we raced against cars with four barrels on them and, yep. and cars, you know, injected car, whatever. I'd say bring them all. If the thing doesn't have a 410, um, you know, we can run with them for the most part. So it's, they're just not the the great difference you see in other classes. Um, right. But when when the wings are on now, of course, that's a little different. But overall lap time is nothing. I mean, it's it's a second, second and a half to the 410 um you know, world of all that cars on Cedar Lake. I mean, it's, you can go, you probably go on my race pass or, or Cedar Lake or whatever and, and find those lap times and, and prove it for yourself. But, um, I mean, yeah, you put the 410 car and the UMSS car out there together and you can see the difference, but when they're not out there together, um, you know, these cars are, they're, they're plenty fast and they're, they're exciting to watch and they race. They actually race a lot more. They're not blowing up all that dirty air everywhere. Can't get next to each other. That's, you know, that, that gets silly. So <laughs> everything gets a little bit silly when you're talking about racing. Oh yeah. Well, and that was actually the topic I was going to bring in was, uh, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll have to elaborate on it another time a little more, but um, well, we can get well, into it a little bit now. You got well, time yet? Well, oh yeah, I do. I know. I just I'm not trying to get us out of here yet. But uh, um, <laughs> you got another 15 minutes before I you got to be. Late I know for this conversation is going to blow up into a giant one, which should yeah, it should burn up a couple podcasts for us. So. <laughs> 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 be good, but uh, no. Um, uh, what are the signals? And I, I never really framed up the wording, but so you know, racing started. Um, you know, junkyard parts, guys putting stuff together in the garage, whatever. And it became more and more and more advanced, right? And not yep. until you finally get to where, you know, regular racing is now. Um, so the, the question comes up at our meeting on Tuesday. Um, why can't we get paid more, basically? I, I, won't, I won't frame up the whole context, but the bottom line is if the series is receiving money um, or able to garner more money from the racetrack... Um, why why wouldn't that be put into the racers pockets right is the perception um you know <laughs> promoter money <laughs> um, but you know there's underlying costs that well so so and I'll, I'll be real frank i mean with the northern renegades all the money that comes in you know goes to you know fund like this kind of a thing and and all the the graphics and the vinyl and all of the you know our show is going to be like 
a circus this year. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. There's, you know, if it works out the way we want it to, I mean, there's so many cool things. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to be at the track the day before. Yes, which is perfect. <laughs> so, but, uh, but you know, all it's that's running all that stuff in the background. I mean, it's it's just li- limiting the money that we've had to put in um, to to fund it so far. But I want to put that in the racers' pockets eventually, right? I mean, there's going right. to come a point when you know. It sh- if it continues to grow like it is and the shows keep getting better and better um you know and we keep drawing more and more fans yeah and well that's and there's the key right there is that we have we garner our own attention and we have our own fan base um that we bring from these to the racetracks um you know conceivably they'll you know you'll be able to increase that market share right right um you know we never always want to be affordable i'm not trying to steer us in the wrong direction here but um that's why we're in the middle of a 10-year rule freeze right right and but the point is, like, and, and what I said to uh, to this, this gentleman was, like, bring me an idea. Tell me how I can put money in your pocket. And I'm challenging our listeners. I mean, you, you know, uh, how, do they get, how do they get a hold of us? <laughs> they, obviously, yeah. they can message us on Facebook. Facebook.com backslash NR Sprints. Uh, media at NRSprints.com. Go to the website at NRSprints.com. Uh, you can info, uh, email info at nrsprints.com yeah. and okay. So that, so there's lots of ways to get a hold yeah. of us. Anyway, my point is that, you know, if you have a way that we can put dollars in racers pockets without signaling them to go spend all of their own money to try and win those dollars, I would love to hear it. Right. Because everything that happens as soon as you get back into points and you get back into point funds, you get back into, uh, um, you know, any kind of recognition aside from just that win that night, which is what our focus is now, um, you know, you can't honestly say, I can't honestly say as a racer that I'm not going to spend, you know, more money to to go and, and try and win that. You know what I mean? And it, right. it, it becomes, and I've been trying to frame this up in my mind with, with the snowmobile racing because we've had a tough season there and uh um i am inclined to during the week then spend part spend money on parts to get going and this is i mean these are trophy only races here right and they're kids you know the kids are they're enjoying themselves so but you know my pride gets hurt sometimes at the end of the day right because uh because i mean frankly we get our butts kicked some days you know and, and that's just because dad didn't do the work in the garage well week. and that and you know my you know my son is growing up faster than a lot of other kids you know and so he's uh um you know you're racing against younger kids i mean there's no like weight deal right so right. Uh, so as he grows up you start to gain a little bit of a disadvantage but also you know we're learning how to turn that into advantage without spending money um you know, but it, and it's making him a better rider. But right. trying to equate that back into what we're doing, it's like, um, you know, and I'm 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 being absolutely serious. I mean, if somebody has an idea, we'd love to discuss it. We'd love to hear them. Um, I can't say for sure that we'll we'll move forward with them or or we won't. But um, that's that's what that's the point of the five twenty five conversation we just had. That's the that's the point of all of this is how do we keep our drivers interested, competitive. Um, and having a great time without spending money. How do we stop them from making that decision? And that was, you know, like I said, I think this can be a lengthy conversation. I, I really think that the drivers that are wanting to make more money on it are eventually going to spend more money and move on. Move on. Well, and, and that was the point. That was one of the things we talked about several of the rules. And it was like, well, you know, how do we police this? And when are you going to tech this and that and whatever? And, and, what really came up, I, I kind of kept repeating, and it kept changing the context of the, of the conversation. Was like, do we are we the, are we at that point now? I mean, are we at the point where we got to look at everything through a microscope, or are we still full of the right people that you know feel like it's silly to try and push these rules for for no apparent reason when it's a fifty dollar difference from first to last? You know, <laughs> I mean that that's really I I think. I'm willing to bet that the question came from one of the newer guys. Actually, no. Actually, really, no, it didn't. It didn't. It was, uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to ask you to throw no, anybody no, no, under I, the bus. But no, and it's not an under the bus. It was a legitimate question. It was, it was for clarification, and it was funny because you could see all of the regular racers in the room kind of perk up and go, "Yeah," but all the other guys just sat there. You know, the new guys and whatever they, you know, because we've sent 
you know, as a racer, we get so indoctrinated. Well, where does the money go? And we get mad right. at the promoter or whatever. We get mad at the, you know, he's making money off of us. Well, he wouldn't do it if he wasn't, right? And I, that's how most of that stuff works, you know. It's obviously, <laughs> I ain't making any money well, out of this deal yet. Wow, well, you just you just heard my <laughs> wife on the phone. <laughs> she she uh, she clearly signaled we didn't have a lot of money, right? So, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, um, that's that's part of what makes this different. And you know, if if we keep growing at the rate that we are, um, which I mean, hopefully we do. Um, you know, I want our guys to be superstars or feel like superstars. I want the fans, the casual fans, to look at them like they're yep. they're superstars. But we have to keep them from spending their money. We have to keep this. And and it already, the equation is not foolproof, but it's very good that, just like I said with Harry, you can't, you can spend the money, but it's not going to make a difference. So right. if you have it and you want to have, you know, um, one of our upcoming guests, uh, Lance Solom, um, has spent a decent amount of money on his car this year. Yeah. Um, but his results will will show exactly where he is in with his experience. Yep. You know, he won a feature already, and he won a feature in a car that I mean had a junkyard motor in it, yep. and and uh, um, was a thirty five hundred dollar roller that came. You know, most of the tires that came with it are still in my backyard. So, <laughs> you know, and he beat. I mean, conceivably the greatest sprint car driver of all time that night. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even I couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> so, no. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you're looking for the crickets now. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the, the rim shot. So, but uh, no. Anyway, that's uh, that. That is the that is the topic. I mean, that's uh, that's what we want to get some feedback on now. Is uh, am I really the greatest race car? No. <laughs> is, is, is uh how do we how do we make this more cost effective um you know my 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 thought has always been trying to eliminate expense um that's what you do with a business that's the first place you look if you can't generate money you eliminate expense right so um so we've been looking looking hard at that and i think we're doing a really good job but um you know as well every now and then you come up with these ideas that yeah, there's, there's, they cost a little bit of money, but I think they're going to be fruitful. Yeah. And and do the things that they're in concept well, designed so, to we're do. Pretty, we're pretty far into all this stuff if it doesn't, right? Well, so. you know, I, I, <laughs> Excuse me. I ain't got a pot to win, pot to, yeah, and yep. a uh-huh. place to chuck it. He's yeah. got a, well, there's a window, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, this whole deal was all out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the initial deal. Mm-hmm. Was series money, right? But it was minimal mm-hmm. compared to this, right? I mean, this this was fifteen hundred percent more than that. Yep. <clears throat> and I paid for this out of my pocket. Yep. That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, I mean that's but that's the type of investments, and I don't think a lot of people realize how much money and how many people are rowing this boat. Um, to get it where it is right now. Yeah. I mean, if you were just paid for the hours you have in staring at the computer, <laughs> there'd never be any money for racers. <laughs> well, there would be, there would be yeah, more of the money than has been generated by everything, you know? Right. Um, it's same, you know, same for everybody. The, the hours that uh, Jim and I have put in, you know, staring at computers or talking on phones or going to meetings or whatever. I mean, and nobody's asking for anything. No. Um, in fact, quite the opposite right now. We're trying to figure out how to, how to, you know, help keep the racers where they are, you know, um, and, and make it more agreeable. But one of the main faults um, that it appears in, in all of racing now is that the more that you pay them or the more, and seeing this is, I guess this was part of the conversation is what, what are these signals? What are the triggers that makes this happen? What is the mechanism that makes that flips that switch in your head? Say, I got to buy a new tire. I got to do this. I got to do that. And in my mind, Cords it's always going through. Well, <laughs> see, that's what it should be. That, but when in the late model mentality, it is, I've already spent this much. At this point, it would be silly not to put a new tire on. Right. 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 So, so if you eliminate that initial investment, um, and so you don't have that trying to, you're almost trying to one up yourself. I mean, that was something I saw, you know, helping build the race cars and stuff was, People come in, 
um, frustrated because they didn't, you know, and here again, this was another conversation. I should be writing this down. Um, the, <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, you know. Well, <laughs> it's recorded, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the record. Don't worry. Um, but, you know, what is uh, these people? Well, these people will come in and they would say, um, you know, I I got the right motor. You know, I got the motor, the same motor as the guys that are winning. You know, I know I got good power or whatever. Still can't get there. So I got to get this kind of car, right? And then I need these kind of shocks. And then, and it's the that the whole monkey see monkey do mentality um which has just consumed all of racers now we we don't allow the high dollar shocks anyways no no i'm just talking in 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 the regular racing world right yeah okay you know, in, in okay so being around a you know a local chassis shop here um they're coming in to try and justify the money they already spent that was more money than they should have and they didn't get the results so now they're trying to it, it's that same thing well should i put a tire on well i got this much into the car i'm you know be stupid not to know well I spent this much on the motor and I've spent this much on a car that didn't work. If I got to spend, you know, another 18 grand on a car that will work, I mean, I guess here we are. I'll I'll save you 18 grand. Go stand in front of a mirror. Right. Yeah. You've got 18 grand in a car. You got 10 grand in a motor or more. Yep. And it didn't work. You didn't win races. Uh, There's only one place left to look. Well, and so we're that, that, and then it brings up the next, the next conceivable point is where does this end? Either right. e- either you ruin your family and your you know what if you're wealthy I mean you just keep throwing hundreds at it and whatever you know <laughs> every, you know every blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while but yeah. but <laughs> or or you end up frustrated I mean this is why entry in my opinion why the entry point into racing has become so difficult because if you kick the glass out of a car and go out there you and you and the boy um, and you work and work and work I mean you got endless hours in the garage. And you uh, you come back um, to the track every week, but you just keep getting your butt handed to you. You know what I mean? And you can't. And you start to realize what these people have into these cars and how much information that they're you know, and how technical even a pure stock is becoming. Right. You know, and what you have to have. You, if you're smart, you say, uh, "We better find something else to do." You know what I mean? This is just not. Um, and so, and, but, I, and I and you tell me you you. Well, maybe make your point. <laughs> I was going to say on the other side of that there. token, if you're doing that kind of thing with your boy or your or your girl, yep, you're making my point for me. You are making memories that are going to last that a lifetime. Not the value. It's exactly the value oh, yeah. that you no, should I be I, monitoring well, everything. So by. exactly what I was going to say was was uh, I think at the very beginning of this, one of the, you know the first couple of times you and I talked about all this stuff, and you really got involved. Um, how do you how do you value your success or failure? Well, right. If uh, we wouldn't need to start this, we this wouldn't need to be a thing if we could get everybody else in the in the racing world. And I'm talking to all you guys that are listening out there, um, <laughs> all eight of you. That's right. That's right. That one, that one guy in the UK, listen up. Um, so. Uh, but if the value in it was the friendships that you made, the time that you spent, you know, competing, um, right. you know, united on a common goal, um, the the just the awesome people that you meet and all the experiences that you have. I mean, think of the stuff that we do as racers that nobody else gets to do. You know, I mean, right. the things, the perspectives that we see and the, you know. The, the risk that you take and you know i mean i love that one the golf courses always, you play yeah, yeah, <laughs> some of us yeah that's uh you know the 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 one meme and i fucking remember but it's the sprint car with the right rear tire about a you know a you quarter of an inch from the wall paper between it and the wall and uh and it says uh Something about uh, <laughs> I remember he's terrible. You are horrible. Out. You knew I was going to drop you the are ball. Horrible. You, I'm blaming you for this. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to find it. You blame me for everything like, else. What like, the hell? It's like something about uh, you know uh, uh, some. Oh boy! Now I literally, yeah. I literally lied. I, 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 I can see it, but I can't read the words. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's something about you know uh, people living and people not living there, whatever. So yeah. Yeah. And I'm not I'm, digging for it. I you am know not what? digging I, for it. I, I can talk and find it, I bet. But, I mean, you look at families like Troy Gessner. Yep. He, he wanted all his life to race a car. Yep. And then his family went, why aren't we doing this? And now they're doing it, and they talk about their summer racing family. Mm-hmm. And, and I've heard that that particular line 
from a lot of other people involved in the series that they can't wait to get back to their summer racing family. Ask those people where the value is in racing. Not the people that have been doing it forever. Yeah. It's uh, it's remarkable to me um, that I forgot that. And I didn't realize that until I got back into sprint cars. Um, without that, I guess the, one of the first thing I noticed, and I, I believe this is something else we talked about, was that they're still here. All the good people in racing and all the camaraderie and, uh, you know, all of, you know, I don't know what the other terms you'd call it. but As long as you're not in the same class. All of the super good things and all the good people are still here. They just don't talk to each other anymore. They don't interact anymore. They, yeah, you're, I I think it's a rule that in the late model, somebody somebody smears your quarter panel, you got to be mad at them for a minimum of the rest of the season. So (laughs) you might not ever have to let it go, period. But, you know. What did we do in the old days when he had a problem? You walked down there, you, <laughs> you pushed each other a little bit, somebody broke it up. Um, later that night, you had a beer, and it was done, you know? Um, I, I don't know if those days that can ever come back, but um, have I you, Have you not been in a renegade's pitch? I'm talking about for racing as a whole. Well, I'm see, not talking about for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with where we are. That, that's where this whole thing got started. <laughs> is be, because... <laughs> it reminds me of a great joke. because we were getting tired of the modern mentality well we're i was gonna quit i mean you had quit i found it the brave do not live forever but the cautious do not live at all there you go (laughs) yeah it's a a long setup long setup for nine thousand pictures in his phone yeah yeah like 1300 (laughs) so geez god i know but you know you you kind of got into this because you were looking for something to do that was still racing related and affordable. I wasn't looking to promote a series, that's for sure. But you got talked into it because you could see the value in it. Yeah. And because I remembered what it I remembered what it used to be like. I remember how much I've said for years. I mean, I loved all the racing, you know, I'm so blessed to have all the racing uh, you know, experience. You remember what it was like when you the first time you met the fat guy in turn two? <laughs> the flaming A-ball. <laughs> the flaming A-ball, yeah. No, it's, uh, that's what I mean, though. Those, uh, my street stock days are, they were probably the most fun because there was, it was the, you know, pressure. We didn't even know what pressure was, you know what I mean? Like, we th- we thought it was big time, you know? Even but, though uh, I lambasted you and you said, hey, you need a tire? <laughs> <laughs> well, Yeah. Yeah, but there you go. I mean, look at look at this awesome friendship and where it's where it's going, or and where, where it started, where and where and where and that's where it came from. This, this was a racing family. Yep, this was the start of the racing family. Because mm-hmm. I walked up to this fourteen-year-old punk kid with a four-cylinder and said, "Hey, everything going all right?" And he's like, "Uh, no, <laughs> it I'm scared it to death." Really didn't back then. It didn't, it didn't go very good at all back then. <laughs> But you were having fun. Oh, yeah. No, we're having the time of our life. I mean, and that's why I look at, like, with these Hornet, the, the kids that are, are going to run our Hornet and stuff, I mean, that look of anticipation in their eyes, like, dude, this this is actually going to happen. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's cool. And that's why the arriving drives are, are my favorite thing. And that's also why, um, and then I got to get going, is uh, the, the Renegade University thing is so exciting. Um, yes. Because I, I wrote the curriculum for... You know, two of the four courses I anticipate. Third one's almost done. But, like, all of the little idiosyncrasies. I mean, nope. You're going to have somebody spell check these, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the difference, though, between the racing schools I've gone to and the racing school I plan on teaching or being a part of our program is the, the detail and the – there's so many um, – Nuances. Yeah, that's the word. Um that that I want to share and explore and have you cognizant of um, as you're so, you know, because racing is a trial by fire, especially when you're new, yeah. you know, I mean, there, it's like sensory overload. And uh, so not only do I want people prepared for that, but I want them to savor it. You know what I mean? I want them to to get off on the right foot, understanding but just like this, where the value truly is, what what are the things that makes this so awesome? Aside from just flaming around a racetrack with your hair on fire, you know that's that part's 
a given. That, that, that's going to be cool no matter what, right? So, but uh, well, the 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 hair on fire isn't very cool. It's rather warm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you open your visor, it blows it back yeah, a little bit. You'll but. be good. You'll be good. Don't, don't even worry about that. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to trying to think of an example um, of something that I got really deep. But I mean, um, there's some. How to square the front end of the car? Well, you know, and so so my basic the you know here's another whole podcast. Um, oh yeah, the the basic uh, you know I call it like basic one, right? I'm just right. figure skating terms for everybody. <laughs> so I, I stole all this from the figure skating association, but um, <laughs> so basic one is just like um, you know just getting familiar with the car, right? You know, I mean, yep. you know, not we're not working on it yet. We're not we're not you know squaring the front end or, or setting it up. Where does, how do you get into the thing? You know, how do you lock the steering wheel on? This all seems like really basic stuff to us racers. And I'm sure some of you out there are smiling like, ha ha. Yeah. Well, remember when you didn't know how to put a tear off on, right? You know, some of these people are there, you know what I mean? And we're going to run into people that are. And and that, that's why at the arriving drives, <laughs> they'd get shown how to get in the car and I'd test them when they got on the track. Yep. Yep. Where's yeah. the kill switch? Where's the fuel shut off? Where's the brake pedal? Yep. <sighs> How it's, do you do your harnesses? It's just this isn't this isn't a uh, carnival ride. You're not just strapped in and hanging on. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta be aware of what's going on. <laughs> you have to understand it's a beast, right? And so, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that that's the level of detail in the very first is, <clears throat> excuse me, is really getting. Uh, that was Kaylee, not me. Right. <laughs> well, we're, bo- we're both smoking right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am number one. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, no. So, uh, um, yeah, just really, really want you to understand um, and appreciate. I, mean, I spent my whole life, you've spent your whole life dreaming about being a race car driver and being involved in it and whatever. And, I mean, I really, I mean, I spent two full days writing just the stuff I have so far <clears throat> um, because it's, to me, it's that important. I mean, it's everything that I ever wanted in, in life had to do with a race car. Right. And uh, it turns out that all of the greatest things in life have less to do with the race car and more to do with the environment and the people and, and all of that. And that's part of the message. You know, I'm going to teach them how to race and do all that, you know, and be successful. Obviously, that's, you know, I'm not trying to make that sound secondary, but there's so much more to this that I want them to, you know, just see that it's there. And, yeah. if, and if they choose, you know, whatever, then, hey, that's their that's their. I've, I've started referring to it as a gathering of friends interrupted by some racing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's what it's like every time you go through the pits. Yep. You walk through the pits and nobody's at their own car. Right. That's sacrilegious. Right. Well, it's funny because, uh, you know, wh- who was it? Uh, Nygaard's pit guy or whatever in, in uh, uh, Grand Forks says. Yeah. He says, and out there we were we were all getting paid the same. It was 175 bucks a person or per per car. That's yeah. what what you got to race. Didn't matter where you finished, right? And the guy's like, "What? So you all get paid the same?" I said, "Yeah." So why do you do it then? And it was quiet for a second. He's like, "For fun?" Like, and he looked like appalled. Like, what? <laughs> what? Why on earth would you do? I mean, this this is not fun. All right, we're not having fun here. All right, this is serious. You know, this is a it, it, dude. It's a Friday night. I mean, yeah, I realize you got a four ten and whatever, and it, you know, but it's a it, Friday night and in the, Grand Forks, and that's you a are whole not damn on problem. World of all that tour, and that's the whole damn problem. Right? Everybody thinks they're Jeff Gordon. Well, they've got the money into it, and so I mean, here again, I I really want some feedback, and I want you to think on this because uh, this this will definitely be a topic that we take up again. Um, you know what are these signals? What, how do we get? You know, I'm comfortable with us. How do we help other series and other promoters and other racers? You know, get to this point and and um, understand the fundamental things that have changed. I mean, I'm all for guys making a living, you know, selling racers parts. But I mean, who are you going to sell to when you can't? Nobody can afford anything anymore. Right. I mean, you. It's just this. Over my dead body, will this become a completely rich man sport if it hasn't already this northern renegades will not exactly and i'm, I'm behind that 100 percent. this this is my mic drop. Just, <laughs> right there. Mouth, mouth. and with that kaylee's gonna go have dinner with the family 
because he's already got his butt chewed once on the phone. <laughs> and I'm going to pay some bills, and we're going to get out of here. Uh, just to get, just again, a reminder, the CT-525 is no longer legal in the wing class. No more 525, as Kaylee applauds on his way out the door. <laughs> This is Randy and the Renegades on Dirt. We'll catch you next time. Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota has been a park edition tradition for 75 years. Stop in and check out their signature Donato Burger. Absolutely mouthwatering. They got bone-in and boneless hot wings, beer on tap, and 12 big screen TVs to watch the games on. Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Wild, it doesn't matter. You're going to catch every shot, touchdown, and goal. Don't forget, check out their daily rotating specials. That's Palmer's Tavern in downtown Hibbing, Minnesota, a park edition tradition for 75 years. Palmer's Tavern. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Palmer's Tavern. Hey, are you feeling a little run down? Need a little pick-me-up? Got to get that little boost of energy to get you to the end of the day? Grab yourself a liquid nitro herbal energy shooter. Comes in a variety of flavors, a little three ounce size. Going to give you enough power to get to the finish line. If you don't think that's quite enough for you, get yourself a 16 ounce can. <clears throat> a variety of flavors available in that. My favorite, Tropical Storm. Liquid nitro energy drink, giving you the power to get to the finish line. And that's noble. Old World Meats in Hermantown, Minnesota brings you a fresh new line of snack sticks. Beef snack sticks that are juicy, moist, tender, everything you want to be from a snack stick. And they come in about 30 different flavors. They keep rotating through the flavors. It's hard to keep track of them. My favorite, barbecue honey. Honey barbecue, however you want to say it. Absolutely to die for snack sticks. Old World Meats down in Hermantown, Minnesota. The Residual family making beef products for 75 years. Thanks a lot to Old World Meats. Hail the pain.